Hello, everybody. Welcome to Political Football, uh, NFL Week 11 and Pre-Thanksgiving Edition. Um, we are uh, doing producing the show as we go here. So, first of all, let me say that we're part of the Maddie Ice Media Network, uh, MaddieIceMedia.com. Find a, find a bunch of other uh, great podcasts, including the manual by one Cleve Wason, who just dropped off the call. I will stop talking about his podcast. Ellie has gone. Um, uh, and also, we are joined here by uh, Scott Bischoff. Scott, how you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing okay. So, spoiler for the listeners, but Cleve and I started the show offline via text about Uh-oh. four minutes ago. Um, just going, just going back and forth about who, who's whose franchise is worse, the Lions or the Jets. And while we were getting into it, it was really be pretty sad for any fan of a real organization to, to be just getting so fired up about the Lions and the Jets now. Uh, we do have some some time constraints tonight, so I'm going to hold some of the garbage games for later. It might be just me talking about Sam Darnold taking over for Baker Mayfield, but that's okay. We'll spare we'll spare the co-host there. We're going to get right to the good games. First of all, Cleve, say something. Yo, what's going on? You guys got me coming in? Yes, yeah. you, are, you are on the space station. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm orbiting. I'm, I'm orbiting uh, Earth right now. You you are as close to Devonte Adams as that safety was. <laughs> so not all close right. at all. Yeah, no, not not close at all. So uh, because Cleve is on this mission with NASA, I'm not sure how long we're going to going to have him. And then uh, Scott apparently has to be a family man or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to get into the games. I'm assuming that we that we like and want to discuss first. Uh, starting with the game I want to start with here, the Jets three at the Patriots ten. <laughs> Cleve, the floor is yours. Um. Well, I mean, being a uh, a devout fan of this team since 1984, um, I have never been. I mean, there's been some really bad losses that we've had over the decades that I've been a fan, but to, to see what, to see that many punts, that many three and outs, 77 yards. I mean, if it was up to me, he wouldn't have gotten a paycheck. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's a, I know it's a hard thing to say because it's a very hard job and it's one of 32 that's are out there, but that was absolutely abysmal football by both those teams actually. But again, you know, the Patriots has a storied pass. Um, I don't know. And then the presser really turned me off because um, Jets Nation probably feels the same way about this. Like, he didn't own it. He didn't own any of it. Um, little bastard that he is, is is just basically like, <laughs> it ain't on me. You know, that that defense is out there playing. That team is hungry to to play. You know, after the holidays, you know, this team's ready to play into the playoffs. But again, as I said weeks ago, seventy-seven yards ain't gonna ain't gonna do it when you're going up against some of these elite quarterbacks in the division. I mean, Tua Tua would tear these guys apart in a shootout, you know. So I I don't know what he what Salah is thinking, and hopefully we see somebody else. But um, I don't think this kid is gonna be a future quarterback with this team, and I wouldn't want him to be a future quarterback with this team. So. My note last week going into this game was, is Zach Wilson any good? And I think definitively we can say no. Cleves referenced the 77 yards a couple times here. 9 of 22, 77 yards. We can't yards. definitively say anything. Yeah, we can. We this are. guy sucks. No. 
This now, guy sucks. Well, right now, yes. But, I mean, it is still so early in his career. Um, all we've gotten press- from him is I'm, – I'm sorry, Scott. All we got from him is injuries and 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 uh, and, and this. Oh, I know. I get it. He's not I get it. The press conference was awful. It was awful. And it, to me, the press conference was worse than the performance in the game. Like, oh yeah, whoever asked sure. him the question, they lobbed him a softball. Yes, and he just re- he just rejected the concept that he could have helped himself. That's the problem. He doesn't think he needs to help himself. But you know, the here's the problem. He, he, time there. Here's here, here's the problem, Scott, and here's why I'm I'm willing to say that this guy sucks. Um, the team around him doesn't. He has a good defense. He's got good receivers. They lost Brees Hall, but Michael Carter is is better than some of these running backs. Some of these good teams are trying out there as well. Offensive line has some issues, but so do some other young quarterbacks who are doing better. Yeah. He is not performing at all. Like not even, not even a he was little missing bit. Guys, he was missing guys wide open. Yeah, y- yeah. And that's so the thing that, is that he's not necessarily showing any improvement either it's not right. like you can see where there's a trend where okay he's playing poorly but you know if we look at this block of four games it was better than the previous it's exactly, more like yeah. it's gone somewhat sideways um yeah. i just I, I don't think we can it just this is just my perspective whatever i don't think that you can you can write the story you know the story's not over for his career right now he has time uh, well, it, dep- it depends on how you define career. If you find a starting quarterback of the New York Jets, this could be over right now. It could be very yeah. – it could end yeah. quickly. And, yeah. and I agree with Dave wholeheartedly. And on the merit of the market, although it's although the team sucks, that, that New York market, he ain't going to cut it up there, bro. He ain't going to cut it up no. there. No. No, and that's the – that was – so that's probably been the most disappointing thing for, like, as a guy. I liked him coming out. Just the the general sort of whatever kind of attitude. He's not mature. He's not mature. And you said it on this show, Scott, multiple times, you know, over the last few weeks. He just needs to grow the fuck up. Yeah. Take it on the chin. You know, as a quarterback, any one of these guys, Josh Allen comes out, hey, you know what? It's my fault. Saying that with a 300-yard game behind him. Right. Saying it was my fault. I fucked up. I gotta play better. Three seventy-seven fucking yards. Me, you, and Dave can get a hundred yards in the NFL. I, I I put money on that. I could I could get seventy-seven yards in NFL game throwing to Garrett Wilson. <laughs> there you go. It, it would be three-yard fades all the way down the field, but and I could do it. You could see the frustration um, from specifically Garrett Wilson in that game. Yeah, uh, there were there were a couple moments in the game where it was just like. What are we doing? You know, um, and I think those those things go a long way. Like when you see the when you see superstar, you know, the very talented players, especially young ones, frustrated, um, and then you go into the press conference and you're given an opportunity to kind of not fall on the sword, but you're given an opportunity to, to express that yeah, be a I let us down and I need to be better, and you be a just, leader. Yeah, yes, that's missing. Yeah. And and they've got Joe Flacco in the room. So this is because Joe Flacco is 37. So he's a year or two younger than I am. And Garrett Wilson is 21 or 22 right now. And so I think about like like my cousin Sydney, who's 22, and like 
age gap between us and how to her I seem like grandpa, right? Like so from the from like the young Jets, they've got grandpa in the room who can get them the ball, is a leader, probably like makes them feel like they're getting better at the game. I don't see how they don't go to Joe Flacco, especially because they still have a winning record. Like, it's not a lost year for them. They should Correct. try to win this year. Correct. And so, Cleve, do you support them going to Flacco? I go to Flacco or White Mike, you know. My last thing on this is basically, <laughs> is basically, you know, and I think between the two of you guys saying this over over this show and over the many other shows that we've done, I mean, if you're, if you're a receiver, right, and you, your quarterback has 77 yards. Your next contract is predicated on on your like on your production as well. And you're not you're not hosting these these big games. Uh, Stephon Diggs just hit a thousand yards for the fifth time. Yeah. Right. Consecutively. So like you're looking at that and, and you're like I'm getting what 15 yard you know of the uh, target share 15 yards a game a game. Come yeah. on, man. Got to do better than that. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I do want to mention on this game, too. Uh, it I mean, I'm sure the listeners at this point know, but the Patriots won this game on a walk-off punt return, um, oh, which is was... – yeah, which is just which is just absolutely insane. Um, the only other punt return walk-off I can think of is the Deshaun Jackson one. Uh, Cleve, you've been watching football since 1934. Have you seen any others? Um, walk-off? I'm pretty yeah. sure Hester has a couple. Yeah. Uh, and so, Cleve, just just for today, I've done you the favor. I've changed your name on the screen. You're now Punt Coverage Cleve. <laughs> That's fucking brutal. Take it out of bounds. <laughs> that is brutal. I mean, oh, was, I mean, that was – it only had to end like that. That game was so yeah. awful, it had to end like that. That's yeah. the only way that, that game ends. Well, that's one thing just for a general theme for the week. The games, most of the games weren't good at all, but I think every game either ended well, even though it was bad, or told us something definitive in hindsight. But at the time when I was watching them, I was like, just, just my eyes were bleeding watching Mac Jones and Zach Wilson <laughs> battle it out. Um, so that's the that's the Jets and the Patriots. And again, the Jets have a chance to do something here, so they should they should try to take that. Uh, second game I have on the list here, Eagles 17 at the Colts 16. This is another one where it was just a brutal game to watch. The Eagles can't get anything going, but the Colts are definitely playing a lot better with Jeff Saturday right now. Um, and the Eagles, though, what we saw from them is we saw a team that goes on the road, is in a tough spot, and is still able to fight and come up with the win. And, Cleve, what did you think about the Eagles this week? Um, I mean, they're winning ugly. <laughs> <laughs> they've been doing that all season, you know, from, from what we've been seeing. I mean, they're winning games. A win is a win in, in the NFL, you know. On So I uh, – and what I loved about it was was the um, – was Hurts taking the game into his hands and that, that touchdown. Yeah. And any other quarterback gets stopped in that moment. Um, it, it was a great, great, great run. Um, but, yeah, it's – Jeff Saturday's definitely got these guys fired up. And I don't know – What's going to happen? You know, I'm rooting for Jeff because I don't want them to get a, a great draft pick, but it's like, you know, he's got these boys playing ball. He does. Uh, quickly, too. It's, it's yeah. super interesting how that happened. Well, yeah. it's funny, Scott. I have a note here. Um, I So I wrote down 
uh, can the Colts continue to improve the Jeff Saturday? And then I answered it, yes, though a lot of this improvement is from playing the shambling course of Matt Ryan instead of XFL backup Sam Ellinger, as well as getting Jonathan Taylor healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like um, I have questions. Who made the decision to sit Matt Ryan? I think we know that, right? I, I mean, I think that's a an upper man. <laughs> All Texas booger sugar. And it's like, <laughs> like, so if you made the decision to sit Matt Ryan because you didn't want to pay him, and now interim coach comes in and gets you to see the way, the, the, you know, the light that you need to play Matt Ryan, and yes, Jonathan Taylor's rolling again. Um. I mean, it's great that Jeff Saturday is able to to get him to that point, but you still have a problem. There, there are problems there, uh, starting yeah, with their own. Sure. You know, but sure. no, I mean, I think it's great. I think it, and one of the things that's great about it is that it, it, it uh, the Jeff Saturday hire pisses off people, um, but and it's unconventional, but but at, at this point, it's working. You know, I mean, I think yeah. that Dave, we talked this offline. I think the Jeff Saturday interim hire is a uh, potential, um, you know, PowerPoint presentation at a future Brian Flores trial kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not a Rooney rule deal, but it is still uh, something that just reeks like, come on. But, yeah. you know, um, from a sense of doing things in a very different way and having it work, congratulations. That's awesome. I mean, it's the thing too. Working the thing, too, about the Rooney Rule thing with them is that the two head co- coordinators with experience on staff were John Fox and Gus Bradley, who are both white. If it was yeah. like Todd Bowles and Leslie Frazier, but no jump both of them. John Fox and, and whoever else you mentioned, whatever his whoever, yeah. I don't want those guys as part of my – I don't want them coaching for me. Do you? Well, John, John had the Super Bowl with Del, with, with Del Holmes and appearance. But, that's so long ago, and he's and he's just a failure in recent times. Like, you know, like I mean, I, I mean, I mean, what really ruined him? And I think Dave said this a couple weeks ago was his bear stint because he stunk it up there so bad. They're like, "Fuck that! You can't have this guy at the helm again anywhere." Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. And I, that's the way I felt about both those guys. Like Gus Bradley doesn't belong as a head coach anywhere. No, he they don't. They don't for sure, but they are more qualified than Jeff Saturday for the position. So I'm saying that for like Brian Flores purposes, the Colts are lucky they weren't they didn't have Steve Wilkes and Eric Bieniemy on staff. Oh, for sure they are. <laughs> but what is the so like? Uh, I'll be quick. What is the Jeff Saturday position? He's the head coach. Those guys yeah. are still those guys are still doing their jobs as their position coaches or their coordinator responsibilities, his, his, his job is just to kind of keep everything going in the right direction. Fine. That's cool. Do that. Right. Like you don't need, you don't necessarily need to pull, um, you know, Sean McVay into Indy to get things rolling in the right direction. If Saturday's capable of doing it, that's great. It's just, I mean, there's like a good thing, bad thing here. It's like, I, I mean, I do think that this is, everything people bitch about with the NFL. Like you, you just brought in some, some random high school, some random white high school coach. (laughs) And and like, okay, cool. You know, I, I'm glad it's working for him because he seems like a good guy. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's interesting how quickly they've turned that thing around in two weeks, you know? 
Cleve, we have lost video with the space station. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm trying okay. to adjust. No, I heard you guys. no worries. Um, instead of cover zero cleave, right now you're zero gravity cleave. Just, <laughs> just floating around up there. All right. Uh, next game here again, a game that sucked because it should have, and it was very interesting at the end. The Raiders twenty-two at the Broncos sixteen in overtime. <laughs> oh, this is the fired ball. The, who's going to get fired ball? I cannot believe Nathaniel Hackett's not already at home, ready to burn the turkey, and he's still he's still employed after this. I mean, so the Raiders went on a walk off touchdown to Devontae Adams, like forty five yard touchdown. And when I say there was no defender within fifteen yards of him, he was like literally he could have caught the ball and rolled into the end zone. It was a sweet route. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, I mean, he dusted everybody, but like, you think I want three guys on him? Who else are you going to throw to? Mac Hollins. I know. Why are you singling him up? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So and that was Sertan too, right? Like he, he, he torched Sertan on that. Play. Yeah, he did. He just absolutely dusted him. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like good job. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for playing. We'll we'll see you later. I think Sertan wants the coach gone. I think he was like, you know what? I can, I go and get torched by a hall of famer here and maybe, maybe move on from this coach. Um, so, Cleve, here's my question for you. Sure. You have to lock one in for the next three years for the Jets. The next three years. Zach Wilson is quarterback or Nathaniel Hackett is coach? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Damn, that's <laughs> that's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, well, I'm, I, I'll take Zachy boy. Um, yeah, I, I can't. The coaching with, with Hackett is un, it's unbelievable. Um, it's unreal, and again, it shows you the currency of getting a job when you probably promised Aaron Rodgers, and that didn't happen. Because I mean, if, I he bring, he if he's, he's your coach, does he bring Aaron Rodgers to town? <laughs> um, nah, no, I, I just, he, he, no, he's completely incompetent. He's in, he's, he's he incompetent. Is. Yes. So after the first game, he brings in somebody to teach him how to like make fourth down decisions. And then this game, he gives up the play calling duties, and he's an offensive coordinator. So what exactly, if he's not making game theory decisions and he's not calling plays, I, I mean, what exactly is it you do here? I would show up in a mascot outfit. The the uh, the Denver Broncos horse thing, the whatever that is. I guess it's a Bronco. I would show up as that on the sideline, just standing with a with a clipboard. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Like that's the all you got. That's what you got left. <laughs> yeah, that's uh Ben with an incredible stat here. Ben says he read that if the Broncos had scored 18 points in every game this year, they'd be nine and one. I'm not able to fact check that, but it feels right because their defense is pretty good. They just cannot yeah. score any points whatsoever. Um yeah. can we talk about the Melvin Gordon leave uh, uh meme leaving? Uh, like, come on, that is the perfect way. To, to get waved by a, a football team. Khalid, did you see this? I, I saw something, but I didn't I didn't see much of it, but I, I think I know what, what Scott's talking yes, about. Yes, I'll describe it. I'll describe it for the audio listeners here. Uh, by the way, for audio listeners, this is a YouTube live stream. Link in the show notes. Like, subscribe, YouTube, all that. Um it's he photoshopped his like headshot from his from his uh stats page into yeah. the front seat of OJ's Bronco. With all the cop cars behind it, 
<laughs> as him leaving town and leaving the Broncos. And said something wow. along the lines of, we might as well have some fun as, as we end this or whatever it was. It was great. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Black Monday's coming. Yeah, but yeah. also the Broncos, Javante Williams is hurt. They cut Melvin Gordon. Mike Boone is on the IR. And Chase Edmonds just got hurt and went on the IR. Not that it matters, but I who's going to run the ball for the Broncos? So I think Boone is... Let Russ Cook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Latavius, Murray. Latavius Murray is a thing. Um, he's a warm body, and I think Boone comes off of IR this week. Wow. Man, it is. That's it. It is not. It is not. Look. It is not looking good there for the uh, for the Broncos. All right. One last absolute dust game. Then we'll get to a couple. A couple good ones here for you, Cleve. Um, Cowboys forty at the Vikings three. Whew, that was a trouncing. Cleve, this was America's <laughs> game of the week on Fox. So you know what that means for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's like he's like going to the ball, and when when it, when the clock strikes 12 he turns into a pumpkin or something like he can't play <laughs> can't play when the when the lights are bright <laughs> Jesus. at the stroke of midnight he turns into zach wilson <laughs> or worse <laughs> <laughs> or worse turns into hackett i don't i don't i don't i don't you know what I, i'll go on record because I, I told someone privately that they're that they're a sneaky good team but after seeing that i'm like i don't know yeah, so they are um, actually they might be a sneaky bad team. Cleve, the Vikings are eight and two. And they have <laughs> the, I got do the, for Ben. I got do for Ben. Hold that. Hello, my barber. Hello, my honor. Hello, my morning. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck man. Uh, oh, the man. Vikings. The Vikings have a negative uh, point differential, and they're eight and two. Yeah. That, oh my god. Yeah, that was insane. So they might be, they might actually be a uh, a sneaky bad team. Although I think they're really should be like six and four. I don't think they're a bad team, but they uh they should be they should be more like six and four. However, the Not reason that there's there's two reasons that the uh, Cowboys ran away with this game. The first one, Scott, Micah Parsons, nine pressures, two sacks, one forced fumble, thirty one percent pressure percentage. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, I want to say so, the Minnesota left tackle got hurt too. So it's like he did. You know. Darisaw did get hurt early in this game, and the backup I think is me. So I apologize to the fans of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I did the best I could. Yeah, yeah, um, game. Yeah, Michael Parsons, absolute monster. Now, Cleve yeah. is trying to put it out there that I said that Zach Wilson pick was a good pick. I did not say that. I said Scott said he has good upside. I did, however say the Micah Parsons pick was a bad pick because he was drafted to be an off-ball linebacker, but yes. it turns out he's Lawrence Taylor. But nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody was talking no. about him like this. No, nobody was. This is completely out of left field. Yes. Yeah. The game slows down for him. Like, like I think I think the plan is to let him roam like you did LT. Like, let him – they don't have him, like, playing, you know, one side – they they kind of move him around and just tell him to just go, like don't you know don't you know don't stunt too much just go, yeah. You know, the other guys are gonna pick up the uh, the trash or whatever. Just get there. Yeah, he is incredible. He really is. I mean, there's just, there's no other way to describe what now, he cool. is like as a pass rusher. It's unbelievable. 
Yes. No, Cleve, you were a big Lawrence Taylor guy. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a fair comparison. Do you think it's a fair comparison? I mean, of of guys that we talked about in the last, you know, few, you know, since Lawrence uh, retired, uh, this is this is a good comparison. You know, I I was high on Khalil Mack, you know, a few years ago, but then that that kind of you know died off, burned off. But Micah, the way he's scheming, the way they're scheming him, mm-hmm. it's it's very scary comparisons. But um, LT obviously is LT, super explosive out of a cannon. Um, right. But, but Micah, yeah, Micah, and and I think he's having fun out there, and he knows that that he's gonna be the guy. He's beating that and- guy. And he's a New Jersey kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The second reason, Cleve, that the Cowboys won this game. Tony <laughs> Pollard. Tony Pollard. <laughs> 15 carries for 80 yards. Six catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, you, we always joke offline about Zeke getting that smock ready for his shift. I think I think he could, he, he has to bedazzle the, the smock now and put a little – Put a little flair on it because uh, he's going to be wearing that smock real soon. For, My for question is, with, with Zeke's hurt knee, will he be able to stack up the big screen TVs at the front of Costco for Black Friday? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's got to – bro, it, it, the rain's on the wall. Jerry can Jerry can say all he want that, that Zeke's part of this game plan, but but that offense looks super more explosive with, with Pollard uh, catching yeah. and running. Yeah, it's just – it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Yeah, no, this dude is – I mean, Tony Pollard's the real deal. Uh, we've all kind of known it for for a while, but now the Cowboys can't ignore it. And I think no. like they're going to be forced into doing the right thing here, which is Pollard gets 20 to 25 touches a game and Zeke gets 12, but he gets all of them at the goal line. Yeah, yeah, red zone package only. Yeah, which is kind of which is kind of where kind of where he belongs. All right, uh, we have a – Kind of good game next. Bengals 37 at the Steelers 30. The reason I wanted to bring this one up is that we have been discussing whether or not the Bengals could get their offense going without Jamar Chase. Remember, two weeks ago, Joe Mixon scored five touchdowns. Yeah. Then they had the bye. Then they come back this week. I mean, the answer is definitely yes. So in this game, Joe Burrow goes 24 of 39, 359, four touchdowns, two picks. Uh, T. Higgins, nine catches for 148 yards. But Cleve, a real person named Samaje Pirine, four catches, 52 yards, and three touchdowns out of the backfield. Oh, my God. That's a real person? Jesus. That is that that is a, that is a real person. I can guarantee you Scott had a full draft take ready to go on Samaje Pirine. <laughs> Many years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he ran for like 400 yards in one game in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so also note, running backs don't matter. Joe Mixon scores five touchdowns, right. gets a concussion. Here comes Samaje P. Ryan, three receiving touchdowns. Just they they don't matter at all. The other thing to note in this game, though, is the Steelers. The Steelers did score 30 points in this game, and it's the first time we've actually seen their offense do anything this year, Scott. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it seems like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens have sort of flipped places. Um going forward like if Pickett's not going to give uh Deontay a chance to make plays in the like the contested catch game he's really they're wasting him if that makes sense but Pickens yeah. I think Pickens is a dog yes really and it's like I mean we should have seen this 
with the stuff that with the limited stuff that he showed, um, you know, last year, kind of shushing the Michigan sideline and then sending cornerback who stepped up to press him, you know, on into the moon. Kind of yeah, stuff. that was that that was first round pick Dex Hill. Like, I mean, we should have seen that this was coming, you know. Um, and he fits perfectly in that city, like his just everything he does. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they round that out. I Fryermuth is a good player, Najee Harris is a good player. I don't think he's fully recovered from his foot injury that he suffered in camp. He's looking a little better, but to, there were a couple weeks there where he looked, you know, he looked washed. Like yeah. he looked like a 30 year old running back. He, he looked like Trent Richardson. Running. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I think it, if you're, um, you know, if you projected a few years down the line, th- that offense looks pretty good. It's just what's the role for Deontay Johnson? What's the role for, for Pickens? And, you know, how does it all shake out? It's, it's good. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah. Whoever takes over at coach there is going to have a, some, uh, some pieces to work with, I think. Yeah. Um, also, Kenny Pickett better than Zach Wilson, right? Fair to say? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> the, um, See, Scott, Scott, still, still, Scott still can't bring yeah, himself Scott, to say it. I yeah, can't. Scott, just two, two, three more weeks of 77 yards, you'll be right there with us. <laughs> uh, you, mean on Madden, you mean on Madden while Joe Flacco's quarterback in the Jets? <laughs> Man. All right, Cleve, the last one. It's my experience with the whole thing is is things are never as bad as they seem and they're never as good as they seem. That that's it. I don't know. Joey Harrington guys, seemed as bad as he seemed. When we got yeah. guys throwing, flinging it for for three hundred plus yards, right? In what universe do we think seventy seven yards is going to make an impact? Like that defense has to be out there for the entire game, just to hold the other team down. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Like you, you Zach Wilson. You can't, you can't do that. No, Zach Wilson is short. EJ Manuel. All right, the um, wow. <laughs> the, oh my the, God. the next game here in Cleve, <laughs> Cleve, Cleve. The last one I wanted. I wanted to be sure to get in uh, with you here in case you have to drop off. Chiefs thirty at the Chargers twenty-seven. Yeah. Um, Cleve. When the Chiefs got the ball back down twenty-seven to twenty-three with a minute forty-six left in the game, how sure were you the Chiefs were going to win the game? I was like ninety percent. <laughs> yeah, I was at like ninety nine percent. Yeah, because Mahomes' red zone is like the forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just unbelievable. So for this note, I wrote down: How do the Chiefs look without two of their top three wide receivers? No Michael Harmon, no Juju Smith Schuster. Kadarius Tony pulls his hamstring like on the third snap, misses the game, and it doesn't matter because of Travis Kelsey. Scott, Travis Kelsey, six catches, 115 yards, and three touchdowns. Aren't you glad you took him first overall? I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just the, the gap between he and the next and tight end two is so huge. Um, it's just not it, – it's it's ridiculous. And it's not like they had – like they lost Tony in the game. He didn't play yep. much. Yep. They have no running game. Um. I mean, was it Justin Watson, the other guy he was throwing to? Who else? This is this is why I campaigned for for Mahomes to be MVP. If if the if the race ended today, oh he's yeah, a definition. He's a definition of what MVP is. Like that's like he's the guy that's going to get people involved. I mean, like you said, Dave, any anybody can show up in a uniform, and you're going to be part of his game plan. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, Sky Moore had six catches in this game. He did. He so yeah. Good. So, wow. Yeah. Good. So so Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Uh, coming coming on here a little bit. Yeah. Cleve. Uh, Mahomes twenty of thirty four, three hundred twenty nine yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. There was just like no doubt in my mind. In fact, as I was like doing like jotting down the notes as the game was happening. When they got the ball back down 27-23, I actually put that down as like a Chiefs win. Like I started writing notes as if the Chiefs had won. I said 90% because fumbles, you know, fumbles or a deflection off, you know, off a lineman's hand or something, and then the ball, yeah. you know, the ball's picked. So that's yeah. why I said 90%, but I was very high on like, this game is over. <laughs> and like, Dave, you, you, would, you would put another Facebook, we had a little chat going on to, with, a, with a Chargers fan, and it was like, you know it's coming, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Jake Jake the Chargers fan was already getting was, you know, getting the shit and they hadn't even lost the game yet. <laughs> we just <laughs> everybody just knew what's gonna happen. Was Justin Herbert looked good. Uh so did Josh yeah. Palmer, Scott, eight for one oh six and two touchdowns. Props to you. You did call that one. When did I call that one? <laughs> Most of the offseason. I'm pretty okay. sure you said he was the best third wide receiver in the league. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just the, the upside of, of playing in that offense. You know, like, um, I mean, nobody knew that Mike Williams was going to hurt his ankle again in, on the first yeah. catch. But after yeah. that, it's like, you know, Keenan Allen back in the lineup and, you know, something other than just Josh Palmer op- kind of lock- opened it up for him. He looked good. He looked better than he has in, in a couple weeks. Yeah, Khalid. So Mike Williams tells the pregame reporter that his ankle is 200%. Then he gets hurt on the first play and misses the rest of the game. Wow. Find that reporter and fire him on the spot. <laughs> no, no, the reporter didn't say it. Mike Williams said it to them. Oh, he said oh he said it to oh. <laughs> yeah, he was a little over overconfident. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and it wasn't like he got tackled. He just caught a pass going out of bounds. And he's been yeah. dealing with the high ankle sprain thing. And he just it instantly yeah. it looked like, oh, yeah, he's not comfortable at all. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one to come back from. High ankle sprains yeah. are very finicky. And that, yep. that can keep you out a while. And yeah, even when I mean, you come it, back, you struggle. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, and what's the story with the setback? Like, if you, stuff, if you suffer a little setback, are you back to zero again? or? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty oh. much. High ankle, because sprains are in grades, you know, like a – you know, like a grade one, grade two, yeah. high ankle sprain. It's it, you know, obviously it is what it is. It's 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 heading into like the the uh, lower part of the femur. <laughs> yeah. So it 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 does it does affect you a little different. And if you reaggravate that, get back to square one. So he could be out for another four to six weeks, possibly. Uh, more more so. Well, everyone's different. I'm I'm learning as I progress through my training stuff. Everyone's different because you know you got these freaks of nature. I mean, I mean, the, yeah. I mean these these guys are the one percent of the one percent. But yeah. um, you know, it, it it depends on how he aggravated it. If it if it's you know, um, if if it was like he was right at being healed and it, it happened, or if he was still tender and then now it happened again. So different things happen with that. But high ankle sprains are the worst ones to get. No, absolutely. High ankle sprains. Uh, I mean, he looked he looked very uncomfortable very quickly. Uh, Camara came back with one struggled for an entire season. Jerry Judy last year came back mm-hmm. struggled for yeah. the entire season. There's yeah. uh, Mike 
Michael Thomas. There's there's been a few where yeah, high ankle sprains are are rough. And Buddha Baker's back after two games, like, and he looks totally fine. It's weird. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe Buddha's the one percent of the one percent that you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, it really depends on the on on the person. You know? Yeah. Okay, Cleve. Uh, do you want to drop off, laugh at Aaron Rodgers, or laugh at Cliff Kingsbury? I, I can, I can go to the forty-five minute mark. It's thirty-six minutes right now on All right. on this. I got you. All right, we're gonna let we're we're gonna we're gonna laugh at Aaron Rodgers. Um. <laughs> so so last week so last week the Packers beat Dallas at home. You know, big, big game, all that. And we were like, okay, they had some offense here. Christian Watson, three touchdowns. Are they starting to put it together? Are they going to be able to do something? Nope. Titans 27, Packers 17 last Thursday night. The Packers were flat everywhere. Christian Watson did get four catches, 48 yards, and two more touchdowns. But the offense as a whole was flat. Um, Traylon Burks for the Titans go seven catches for 111 yards. And uh, Scott, like, are, are the Packers are actually done, right? Yeah, mathematically, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to be at this point looking like there's so many teams that they'd have to jump yeah, um, to get themselves into contention, one of them being the Lions, which is nuts. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just wow. crazy to think about it. Forward it's down true. the field. <laughs> it's true. Like, um you know, I, I yeah, I think they're I think they're done at this point. I do, I do. I mean, I wow. So he's putting it's always a, pro, a it's always decorations. A this is what's that? He's putting up Christmas decorations early this year, Aaron. Well, I don't know if he is, but <laughs> but I feel like it's a good time to to be able to talk about them being done. But historically, that's been a very bad idea. <laughs> I, so, you know, I, but I do I, think this is different. By putting up Christmas decorations, Cleves means doing shrooms with Jim Irsay. Oh, Get, okay. getting his beak yes. wet. <laughs> getting his beak wet. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. If you read the side effects of the whole ayahuasca stuff, and not being conspiratorial or any of that kind of stuff, but he's talked openly about doing this stuff recently, and it's like, you look like a guy who's dealing with some of the, you know, Stuff that would <laughs> that would be left over from that. Some he just yeah. Great word, by the way, Scott. That's a great word. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers probably knows that word. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm happy to we see all them have done. our crosses to bear. <laughs> <laughs> now, on uh, uh, on the Titan side of this, you know. Last week, I bet the Jags they will win this division because the Titans had such a tough schedule. But going to Lambeau on a Thursday night with the Packers coming off a win was one of those games. The Titans winning this game here, I think only the Chiefs are a better lock for the playoffs now. I, I think the Titans are going to win this division, and I'm just out some money, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I just – it's going to be the same thing as last year. Like They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to – get destroyed by the Dolphins or something, but they're still going to make it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Tannehill will be Tannehill, and he'll be a problem. All right. Got a couple more minutes here for Cleve, so we're going to jump to Monday night, from Thursday night to Monday night, so we can make fun of Cliff Kingsbury. So hopefully we see him fired on television on Hard Knocks. 49ers 38, Cardinals 10. Whew, man. Not great. 
first thing on this no. game, did y'all see the footage from the pregame show on ESPN where they show the players walking in? No. What so they show like they show Jimmy G walking in, right? He's got this like really dapper. I don't know if it's like it wasn't maroon, it wasn't mauve, but some like off pink purple suit, right? Just super handsome, right? Just walking and looking like, just all suave. All gray hair going on too. Yeah, like perfect salt and pepper, like just like a model, right? Walking in. <laughs> yeah, then this they, motherfucker rolls up in this game and I want to punch my TV. Yes. And then and so then they cut to Colt McCoy, who's in like a button down like polo thing. His hair is all messed up. His badge is swinging McCoy. everywhere. Greatest quarterback name I've ever heard, Colt McCoy. You can't Just, make that up. The, the did not have to do him like that. You could call Colt McCoy first. It was B roll. It wasn't live. You didn't have to show it was a total compare contrast thing it really was Jim, My Jimmy G wa- he's really handsome yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> Jimmy G walked into the game like tan Thor and then they cut to Colt McCoy who looks like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers ayahuasca partner <laughs> it was uh and it got worse from there for Colt McCoy. So there was a yeah. stretch in this yeah. game where it's Nick Bosa it. stepped on his hand, stepped on his fingers. The next play, he got drilled on a blitz up the middle. Nobody picked up. And I told Megan, we were watching, and I was like, he's made like $75 million in the last decade. If he just got up and walked out of the tunnel, would anybody blame him? Yeah, I think he's fine. I think he would be fine financially. <laughs> I would even I judge him. Up for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Or just like he just like because this game was played in Mexico City, he just like jumps in the front row, grabs a churro. He's <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Yeah. As far as the 49ers go. Scott, I did think the 49ers played a near-perfect game for the way that they want to play. Jimmy G, four touchdowns, spreads the ball around. Ayuk gets two. Debo gets one. Uh, or No, Debo got a rushing touchdown. Kittle, two receiving touchdowns. Ayuk, two receiving touchdowns. CMC involved in the game. Elijah Mitchell involved in the game. Scott, if the 49ers are playing like this. In that game, a single moment where, where Garoppolo he threw a pass where you thought that's a dangerous play. Like, there's literally no danger in what they do on offense. None. And everybody's always open. And and they're super explosive. It's like, okay, I you know, I mean, how do you defend all this stuff? I don't know. Cleve, remember yeah. when I told you to bet the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl and then you didn't do it and all the value went away? Yeah. Bet the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> so I'll give you a dollar for your for your uh, input there. Yeah. Now remember, if it doesn't hit and you get mad at me, you have to fight yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How's that look? I get a, in the mirror? I get a Zach Wilson tattoo on my neck. <laughs> Just full fight club style? Full fight club style with 77 yards on the other side. <laughs> Uh, who who would be a better quarterback for the Jets right now, Zach Wilson or Tyler Durden? I'll, I'll take Tyler Durden because then when we lose, he said, "Well, you're imagining me." <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, well, I think I think I think Scott's good Zach Wilson quarterback is about as real as Tyler Durden. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I have not seen it. It's it's a legit thing. I just the, whatever talent he brought with him to the NFL is still there. Oh, I don't doubt it. He had a great pro day throw. That's it. He had a great pro day throw against air. <laughs> that's what I'm like, saying. That's a, that's yes. exactly what I'm saying. It, yeah, and that was his entire BYU there. career. Exactly. Oh, no, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave, I'm I'm with you on this, man. I'm with you yeah. on this. I I have seen nothing, Scott, that can make me feel good about like the rest of the way when this team is poised to kind of win, and he yeah. is the anchor keeping it down. Like he, I'm sorry, the albatross. And to, so, and to they're going to have to go away from him. To segue into our next game here, as Cleve drops off at the 45 minute mark, uh, Cleve, do you know who the Jets play this week? No. What we got the Bears. Justin Fields is coming to the Meadowlands, so that so he might show us this is what you get for not drafting me. Exactly, exactly. Is he gonna play? Hey, they said he's day to day with the shoulder, so I'll be rushes for seventy seven yards. <laughs> it would be great if he rushed for more yards than Zach Wilson threw for. Oh, I would bet yeah. that he will. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, I got a tango. All right, man. Have, have a good, have a good have Thanksgiving. Good you guys to see have you. a great Thanksgiving. All the good listeners, too, thank you so far for sticking with us, man. We're having fun doing this. Trust me. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you know, as you see, I'm in my car doing this. Um, and, again, these are two great co-hosts that I get to do this with every week. And just looking forward to, you know, tough sledding the rest of the way. But you guys be safe. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be, be. Uh, who you guys play on uh, Thanksgiving? Buffalo. Buffalo. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> we have to talk about this because there's there's signs of life there. Oh yeah, wow. we'll, we'll we'll be getting yeah. to it. Yeah. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, Cleve. You you too, sirs. Bye. Peace. All right. Okay. So I'm just setting you up, Scott, for when Zach Wilson ends up being good. You can just have get yourself a victory lap, but it's not going to happen. See, I don't, I don't even buy it. It's going to happen at this point because there's just too much. <clears throat> um, like the off the field to me, it's almost like he doesn't care. Like he's been maybe this coddled sort of. It's always just went my way, and yeah. and I'll figure it out. But that's not how this goes. Like he's lost the room. There's nobody. There's nobody in that room that's that would probably go out of their way to help him right now. Yeah. Um, that is not good. No, not good. No, it is not. Maturity too. It's like you know, um, the the combination of factors that that are against him right now are so big that I I think they're they're they're. He's not overcoming them soon. No, he's just not. No, maybe with the Arizona Rattlers, he'll uh he'll have a shot. Um, okay, so the next game here I want to get into, and then the Lions, uh, Bears twenty four at the Falcons twenty seven. So Justin Fields again, fourteen of twenty one, one fifty three, one touchdown, one pick. Not the best passing line, I will admit. 18 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown, however. But again, Scott, the Bears are unable to win this game. And I feel like just watching Fields play now, it's just clear that the rest of this team just is not good enough. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, sure. And he's and he's had to take on so much in the rushing side of things <laughs> and expose himself to injury. Yeah, you don't want 18 carries for not even the Ravens want 18 carries for Lamar. No, and that's kind of where I mean we were talk, we've talked for a couple of weeks about Fields, and it's to me it's like it's unsustainable the 12 to 15 carries a game. Uh, yeah. It's just unsustainable long term. But like oh, so Fields goes in the locker room after the game after they lose and and puts it on himself. Yeah, last week. And his teammates had to tell him to pretty much shut up because, you know, you, we know you hurt yourself and you're out there and you're giving it everything you got. That's how Zach Wilson needs to handle things. Yes. And that's just that there's your diametrically opposed uh, leadership styles. Yep. Um, I think Fields has shown so much already this year that, uh, they should be all in on helping him with weapons. Yeah. And they, I mean, you need to let him run. You need to, you need to have components of, of running for him, but you need to give him help too. I mean, in the NFL, even the top rushing quarterbacks, you want to have about 12 carries a game, you know, maybe eight by design, a couple at the goal line of those, and then some scrambles, right? You don't ever want it to be the primary thing they do. No. But you have to in this case, or else the Bears can't win. Like their only chance to win is to run Justin Fields, and it's still not yeah. working. Yes, and they're just not, over, not able to get over, you know, late in games. But, um, you know, they have to be. They just have to be thrilled that they, they gave up what they gave up two years ago in the draft. Yeah. Um, and and it looks like the way it looks already. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable how how good it looks. It really does. Yes, now, as a runner. As a passer, we'll see. He has to develop. But, yes, but he's the, but he's improving pretty rapidly, even in that area. And that's okay. also where they are the like they are so deficient. I mean, yeah. Darnell Mooney is a good number two, yeah. But they don't, you know, they just don't yeah, have anything. Do. Out there. And it, that's curious what they did with Claypool because you gave up a second for Claypool, but I don't think he fits Fields. It's for next year. I think that's they're going to make him fit. It's just you know, yeah. You need to change. I, I, I would. I mean, it's you know, it has to be for next year because it's not. Yeah. it's not helping. It's, right a, it's after this year. It's he's coming in, and get familiar with the culture, the coaches, or whatever, and the next off season going through. I think, I think they have some plans for, for Claypool, um, to see to see how that works. Now, on the Falcon side of this, Kyle Pitts knee injury on the IR out at least four weeks. I would think he's probably done for the season, but if he can come back, the Falcons keep winning just enough to where they're going to keep playing Mariota and not get a look at Ritter. Which is bad. Yes, it's very bad because they don't know what to do for 2023 then. Yes. So what do you do when when you move away from Mariota and you have no idea what you have? Right. That's, I mean, this is the this is the quarterback conundrum right now. Yeah. Um, and the and the Lions might find themselves in this boat this year. Like when you draft. Anthony Richardson, let's say with pick seven or 10, whatever it is. And he does need to sit for a year, right? Um, or six games or whatever it is. And then you won't take the opportunity to see what he has. You've lost a year of developing him or, or at least understanding what it is that you have. And it's slightly different, I think, between Atlanta and Tennessee because Tennessee with Tannehill and Willis, Tennessee is going to win their division. Tannehill is proven in that system, 
Yeah. Like the Derrick Henry is only got so much time left. You can yeah, see an Mariota's argument that one year player who's gone right. next year. Yeah. Right. And so, but if they are winning games, can they just go to like what an Ellinger thing and go to Ritter? Like what if he's just so terrible? Then, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. So I think I actually, the Falcons are in a, rough position in a much more rough position than some teams with worse records than them. Like I'd rather be Houston right now than Atlanta. Yeah. Um oh oh Drake London is a hit. <laughs> so it's those pits. So London and Pitts having those two is pretty nice. Yeah, I mean but, it's good. It's really good. It's yeah. just you gotta the the quarterback position needs to be it's the same thing. Like we're gonna talk about it in Detroit. Um other places where you know there's change happening. Um, until you get that resolved. Um, although I will tell you, if you look at what the Lions have on offense right now, with that offensive line, it is a completely different place than norm than you would normally draft a, t- a top flight quarterback to. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, and that's a perfect segue. Next game, Lions 31, the Giants 18, the Lions offensive line. And Aiden Hutchinson, the two differences in this game, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they nullified a really effective defensive front. Dexter Lawrence is a really good football player. Yes. Um, you know, uh, I'm having a brain cramp, and I can't remember the, the – why do I – is it Fletcher? It's not Fletcher Cox. Who's the uh, – Leonard Williams. My, what? Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams, yes. Very, very good football player. Mm-hmm. And – the Lions just kind of handled those guys. Yeah. They really did. Um, both teams struggled to to defend the run and gave up a ton of rushing touchdowns in the, um, you know, in the pregame stuff that I looked at. So I expected some running – I expected some, some ground scores. But the Lions just, you know, yeah, we're running it in this gap and we're telling you that's what we're doing. Stop it. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, just, exactly. That's how good it looked. And on the on the reverse side, Saquon Barkley in this game, fifteen carries for twenty two yards. Bizarre. Uh, like what happened? That that is such an outlier performance. I feel bad even giving Aaron Glenn credit because I'm like, what like, actually happened, happened here? Though. Like yeah. there's something that went on there. Yeah, I mean, and fifteen right, for twenty two was awesome. Yeah, another interception. This dude's all over the field, and I said it before. I'll say it just, again. Not your just your 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 uh, typical sort of lollipop, you know, easy interception. This was dropping him off into into his zone coverage and forcing him to read the eyes of the quarterback. And Jones rips a pass in there, and the catch he makes, Dave, is absolutely ridiculous. Yes, I just like. I know I'm yeah. going overboard about a stupid catch for a defensive end, but but the the catch was silly. Like, you know. Well, I don't know that it's overboard. Athleticism is important for defensive ends, and so showing that sort of athleticism. Yeah. You know, we yeah. saw T.J. Watt with the crazy interception too, right? Yeah, that's we, what it looked like. It's, I mean, we that, never saw are... we never saw Luther Ellis with a crazy pick. No, but like, it's right. like when you're on the edge and you're smart enough, and this is how many weeks have we seen now where. Hutchinson is recognized as a rookie that something's fishy and I'm dropping off. I'm dropping away from the line of scrimmage because something's up and you got an Aaron Rodgers pick 
and now you got to pick here. Um, he had a bit of a hustle fumble recovery. Yep. You know, he's all over the place. Um, is he is he destroying blockers? You know, like either the Bosa's did or Miles Garrett. Or, no, but he's you know he's played really well um, and done. He's been as good as any any defensive rookie there. So I mean, to me this year, he has. He yeah, has. I, I I'd still give the edge to Sauce, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Hutch is Hutch is really good. All right, so before you get out of here to go be a good dad, yeah, whatever. Well, um, it's too it's too late for that. <laughs> okay, well before you try to go get out of the red, um, <laughs> let me uh let's well, talk let's about the, Buffalo really fast because I was well, there for that game. That's where I'm going. Okay. Browns 23 at Bills 31. You know, great minds think alike. Fools really differ. All that. Uh, Browns 23, Bills 31. So my question that I wrote down for this game was, will the move to Detroit impact the Bills? And I think that clearly, yes. Like the Bills started slow. They were out of sync. They clearly didn't practice for this game. Did you have the same impression watching in person? 100%. Um, they looked frustrated and rattled. Specifically, Josh Allen did. But the one thing that stood out to me, I watched warmups because I wanted to see how the, how he was throwing, and I watched the game, and he is not, he is nowhere near uh, throwing the ball with the velocity he was six weeks ago. It's not even close. No, not at all. He still has plenty of arm strength. He's he still he can make touch throws and get the ball down the field, but he's not challenging um, the deeper parts of the field. And he looked super frustrated because he couldn't. Yeah. And I don't know if they're if they're telling him not to, or if they're running, you know, if their designs are are shorter, more shallow routes, but he seemed very frustrated in the first half. Um, but yeah, his arm, I'm not saying it's lifeless because that's that's unfair, but yeah. there is a there is a noticeable gap in what his what arm strength looked like four weeks ago or five weeks ago, whenever it was as to now, um, if Josh Allen is not challenging the back half of your defense, it does make it easier to cover those guys. It just does. Having said and they that, they can't really run. Yes, they can't, but their defense is really good. Um, Stefan Diggs is still really good. Dawson Knox is good. Gabe Davis is good. It's a, that's a really, really good football team. Like, I don't know how they did it, but they obliterated the the Browns. Yes, they did. Yeah, the game wasn't close. No, it, it ended up kind of rallying a little bit to, to to make the score a little closer than it was. But yeah. no, it wasn't that close. No, no. Uh, the, on the other side of this scale, I mean, I hate, I hate to say this. I hated myself when I was writing this now, but it, just in terms of football on the field, the. Brown should be excited for their team next year. Yes. And I hate to say it because Deshaun Watson sucks. That organization sucks. And I hate everything about them besides Nick Chubb and Donovan Peoples-Jones. But um, Yeah, but you look they, at Amari Cooper and Peoples-Jones and Njoku yeah. and the ability to run the ball and yeah. uh, bringing on other pieces and throwing in Deshaun Watson with that offensive line. That – that's a much better team than what they are. They're three and seven right now. And, you know, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think they have a much brighter, much brighter future. All right. Uh, I take it. This means that you are, uh, you're dropping off as well. I'm out. I apologize. All right, sir. But it is, you know, it's my Not, 15th birthday. I got to be a part of it. 
Not a problem. I'm going to soliloquy about Baker Mayfield, so I'm sure this will be riveting oh, radio. Fun. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. See ya. Yep. I'll see you later. All right, everybody. Uh, this is a first in the history of the show for actually discussing football things. It's going to be just me for a little bit. So if you're watching live and you want to ask questions in the chat, feel feel free. I'm just going to go through some of the games we haven't touched on yet. Probably not Probably not for too long here. I do have notes. You know, I always take notes on, on everything. So the first game here that we didn't get to, we have the Commanders 23 at the Texans 10. And before this game, my thought to my my thought that I had was will Taylor Heineke take full control of the quarterback position and I didn't think the commanders played particularly well in this game especially given their their opposition but still they won the game and so Ron Rivera has named Taylor Heineke this three going forward and when asked in the postgame press conference what separated Taylor Heineke from Ron Rivera or from uh Carson Wentz Ron Rivera said winning so that seems pretty cut and dry that they are sick of Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke is going to be going to be the man there moving moving forward. As far as the Texans go, again, they're just playing out the string. They should lock up the number one overall pick, which is good for them to so have their choice of quarterback. They are talking about benching Davis Mills for Kyle Allen, but that's like the same thing. So I don't know why you would necessarily want to do that. You might as well see what Mills has. It's not like you know Kyle Allen. Is never going to develop, so I don't really understand that line of thought. But you know, might as well, might as well try something. Next game here, we've got the Rams twenty at the Saints twenty-seven. This is a game that did in fact happen. I don't know that I can recall anything that actually happened in this game besides a bomb from Matt Stafford to Tutu Atwell. And I do wish Cleve was still here because this was going to be a real person named Tutu Atwell. Uh, I could save that for his next uh, touchdown catch in twenty twenty-six. Can the Rams do anything without Cooper Cup was the question I had. And the answer, I think, is just no, not really. I mean, Al Robinson had a few catches. Tyler Higby had some catches. Just weird. And then after this game, they cut uh, Daryl Henderson after Cam Akers wanted to trade and couldn't get traded. So to me, this means that it's Kyron, uh, Kyron Williams season, rookie out of Notre Dame. Paul, I know it's going to make you very happy to have the Notre Dame kid getting some run here, but you know, I just don't, I don't see the Rams being able to do much and that's good for the lions because they do hold the Rams first round pick because of the trade for Matt Stafford. And right now that pick is worth the seventh overall pick. But if, you know, things keep going this way, that could actually sneak into a top five pick, um, sneak into a top five pick here as we, as we get closer to the draft uh, on the Saints side, Chris Olave caught a long touchdown, five catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. He's an absolutely legit NFL wide receiver. And other than that, I don't remember much from this game. I don't think this game matters. I think this is a game between two basically meaningless teams for um, for like the, the storyline of the season, right? The only thing that matters for them are the things that matters with them. They're not making the playoffs. They're going to do anything. The next game here was actually an interesting one. Panthers three at the Ravens 13. This game was three to three going into the fourth quarter. And my note going in was, can the Ravens smash an inferior opponent? And the thing is, they couldn't. They got Mark Andrews back for this game. He goes six for 69, I believe. 
but it didn't it didn't matter. And thankfully for the Ravens, Baker Mayfield is so bad that the Panthers couldn't do anything. In this game, Baker goes 21 of 33 for 196 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson might be the same person at this point. I don't see much difference between them in the way in the way that they play or how effective they are. So when I was writing up my initial notes for this game a couple of days ago, I said that the Panthers should for sure start Sam Darnold going forward, and they have turned turns out they are going to do that. So Sam Darnold is going to play for fantasy purposes. I think this is very important for DJ Moore. If you're holding a lot of DJ Moore in best ball, which I don't know who could possibly be in that position, um, this is good news. This because PJ Walker was good for DJ Moore. Baker Mayfield is not, but Sam Darnold will look for will look for DJ Moore down the field. As far as the Ravens go, the Bengals have looked pretty good lately, but I still think the Ravens are going to be the best team to make it out of the AFC North win that division. But if they don't start playing better, they have no hope, right? They win the AFC North. They host a wild card game against the, I don't know, the Patriots. Win, win that game and then go to Buffalo and die. Like, you know, they, they need to figure something out here. Their defense did play a lot better in this game. But again, I think it's because they were playing Baker Mayfield. I don't think that is because of anything that the Ravens did necessarily. So that is it for the games that I did not get to with my with my co-hosts here as we uh, didn't want to give away. Cleve was on the space station. And uh, Scott, I think it's I think it's one of the kids' birthdays, something like that. So before we go here, I'm gonna pull up this screen. Let me see here as I click through. How does this look? Oh, it looks pretty good. All right. So I pulled up the schedule for coming up for this week. Besides Thanksgiving, I haven't actually looked at the schedule yet. So this, my thoughts on this are going to be just completely, completely live like Bill O'Reilly as we go through and take a look at this here. So on Thanksgiving Day, three games, of course. Lions always a 1230 game. They host the Buffalo Bills. I know Scott's a little optimistic. He thinks that Josh Allen can't really throw the ball downfield, all that. I think that the Lions could be in trouble in this game. And I don't think that reflects as poorly on the Lions as it's going to look. I just think the Bills need a, a real get-right spot, and this is this is going to be it. The 430 game, Giants at Cowboys. You know, the Giants just came. <laughs> the Giants just came off of uh, losing at home, getting stomped at home, really, by the Lions. Uh, ben, I will not be singing the Michigan J Frog song. I will not be singing anywhere that can record me ever for the rest of the time. They just come off getting smashed by the Lions at home. The Cowboys just absolutely obliterated the Vikings on the road. So this is one of those games where it's just obvious that the Cowboys are going to win by a million. I'm not so sure. I do think the Cowboys will win this game. I don't think they're going to actually blow the Giants out. I think the Giants are going to have a um, strong base to go off of based on what the Chicago Bears did with their running game with Justin Fields. You know, the Giants have Daniel Jones. I think they can play him a little bit closer. The nightcap on Thanksgiving is Patriots at Vikings. I mean, 
on the one hand, you'd like to think this could be an exciting game, but it's Kirk Cousins in primetime. So now that we got Kirk Cousins in primetime, which will probably lead to Cleve singing Michigan J next week, uh, you know, this could easily be like a 13-10 game in a dome, which is too bad. I'd love to see Justin Jefferson just go insane here and absolutely crush the Patriots. But I'm, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think the Vikings might actually be reeling, and they might not be that good to begin with. I mean, they're good. They're like 6-4 and four good, but they might not be that good. All right, now to the games I haven't seen yet. All right. Uh, Texans at Dolphins. Uh, GG Texans. If you're playing DFS this week, uh, two of double stacks are going to be excessively chalk. So if you're going to play that lineup, play two lineups. <laughs> play one that's also not that because everybody's going to have that one. But it's 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 going to be a good one. I think the Dolphins the Dolphins are candidate to get 50 in this one. Bengals at Titans. God, is Jamar Chase going to be back? If Jamar Chase comes back for this game, then this game gets a lot more interesting. Without Jamar Chase, though, I think the Titans at home – are the type of team that can give the Bengals a lot of fits. And I would actually think, I think I might take the Titans straight up in this one, even though I think the Bengals are all around the better team. It's close though. Uh, Broncos at Panthers. My God, I was going to say who cares, but just go Panthers Panthers 31 to three. And that's finally black Monday. Get Hackett out of here. Right. Could you imagine Sam Darnold comes in for the first time in 19 years and goes like 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Broncos. That could finally, finally get this job done. We had mentioned the Bears and the Jets already. Uh, obviously, I'm in the bag for Justin Fields because I've been so um, so on board with him as a prospect and in his time as a pro. And I did say that the Jets should have drafted Justin Fields. Said at the time, they should have taken Justin Fields and not Zach Wilson. So hope Fields is able to play and hope he shows the Jets what they're missing. Uh, Falcons are coming to my neck of the woods. Falcons are coming to play the Commanders. <sighs> I mean, I don't know why either of these teams really wants to win this game. I guess technically they could still be in the playoff hunt, the winner of this game. But, again, this is like the Saints-Rams game. These teams are just are just kind of there. Buccaneers back in action. They are at the Browns. At first, I thought this was the Deshaun Watson return game, which from a football perspective would make it interesting. Um but it's not. This is going to be Brissett's last game. But this is a good measure for how fraudulent the Bucks are. On the road, bad weather, most likely up in Cleveland. Can Tom Brady show up, get the win? If so, the Bucks might not just be a weak division winner. They might be a team that can do a little something in the playoffs. Ravens are at the Jaguars. Again, Ravens got to get right here. This needs to be like a two-touchdown victory. Just show they can do it. The Raiders are at the Seahawks. Um you know what? Everybody's going to be playing those two at double stacks. I think the Geno Smith double stacks coming back with Devontae Adams, if you can afford it, that could that could be. Oh, you know what? Foster Moreau. Geno to Lockett and Metcalf. Foster Moreau on the bring back. That could be, that could be a little decent this week. I might have a little bit of that. Uh, obviously, I think the Seahawks will win that game. Boy, was I wrong about them in uh, the preseason. Chargers at Cardinals. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are injured, but they just played the Chiefs so tight. Even though this game's on the road, I can't see. Kyler will be back, though. The Cardinals have a chance in this one. They have a chance this one, and they might even know they're playing for Cliff's job. So if they want him to stick around, 
they might get we might get the Cardinals' best effort here. That, that I think it's going to be a good one. Chargers at Cardinals, four oh five. I think it's going to be a good game uh, all the way through. Not sure who wins that one. Saints at 49ers, slaughter, slaughter. I mean, the 49ers, now they're only 6-4, and four, but they're hitting their stride. They've added CMC, 49ers versus Eagles, NFC title game, and I, I think the 49ers, again, continue to make a statement by just absolutely handling the Saints, taking out the trash. Last uh, Sunday afternoon game, we got the Rams at the Chiefs. Marquee matchup before the year, now just an absolute embarrassment uh, I'm got 538 up on a different screen, and they've got the Chiefs as a 90% favorite to beat the Rams. I don't know if y'all remember. I don't know if y'all remember a couple years ago, 2018, I believe. Rams Chiefs Monday night. I think it was in Mexico City. Again, it was like 54, 51. Maybe it was 2019. Absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers game. Not going to happen this time. The Rams at Arrowhead. The sun is going down. That's going to be bad. Ben says Chargers easy over the Cardinals. Uh, ben, message me after the program. Um, we can just leave the sports books out of this one. I think. I think. I think I might take the Cardinals in the points. I'm sure the Chargers are favored. I might. I might take the Cardinals in the points. We'll talk Sunday night. Packers at Eagles again. Preseason marquee matchup. Now I think the Eagles are just going to handle their business here. Um, I think they're just going to um, handle the Packers no problem here, keep it moving. Now, for the Eagles, handling no problem means winning 23-17, to 17, but it's sort of like a bow constrictor fashion. I don't think it's going to be like 50-10, to 10, you know, anything anything quite like that. And then the Monday night game, oh, my God, where is Cleve so you can puke on Eric? <laughs> the Monday night game, Steelers at Colts. We couldn't flex that one. My goodness. Okay, so we get an entire day of all the ESPN talking heads just tongue bathing Jeff Saturday leading leading into this game. In a game the Colts could win. So the Colts win their first game, uh, look good in a loss in his second game, and now could win the third game. This Jeff Saturday thing could end up being being a thing. I'm just gonna quick real quick scan down and see who the Colts have. Oh, the Colts at the Cowboys the next week. Okay, so that look at Wex there, and that'll be that. But all in all, I think it's a pretty decent slate. The way the NFL scheduled this one is good, finally, because all 32 teams are playing. We have seven games in the 1 o'clock window, four games in the 4 o'clock window. So it's all in all, it's going to be a good week of football. We have um, Black Friday, of course. you got all the college games. you got Michigan-Ohio State this weekend. The World Cup is going. United States plays on Friday. Yeah, so we've got three NFL games plus World Cup on Thursday. The Black Friday college football slate plus World Cup on Friday. Saturday is college football, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn, and World Cup. Sunday, red zone and World Cup. This is going to be an absolutely legendary weekend for sports. And I didn't even mention, like, you've earned the NBA or the NHL. Shout out to Don. Um, they're going to some Red Wings games uh, over the next couple weeks. I didn't even mention those sports. Yeah, this is a pretty good Pretty good time to be a sports fan. Well, I got a couple extra minutes here before we get out of here. I will touch on the World Cup here a little bit. Before the tournament started, I kind of thought that all the favorites were going to just sort of roll through and win. But we've seen Argentina lose to Saudi Arabia. 
France struggled with Australia for a little bit, then came back and gave them the business. And a lot of teams haven't played their first match yet. England looked good. But I think that we've seen a trend over the last couple tournaments where some of these mid-level teams can rise up. And I think we're going to see that again. And there's no reason why it can't be the United States. I mean, there's many reasons why it can't be the United States. We're an average team at best. But we're also the youngest team in the tournament. And this tournament, I think, is setting up for next time. So on Friday, the United States can get a win over England, which is a huge ask. A huge ask. I think there's a shot that the United States like gets ramped up, ready to go for when we host in four years in 2026. Um, presuming Trump loses in 2024 and doesn't ban soccer. Um that the United States could put themselves in a strong position in, in 2026. As far as this tournament goes, coming to the tournament, I was on Germany. Of course, they haven't played yet. On the Netherlands, of course, for some reason, they had Memphis Depay come off the bench. And then once he came on the on the pitch at halftime, they scored two goals and one. So I don't know what's up with that. But I still think that the Netherlands and Germany are my two favorites to win. But man, did, uh, did England look good. And by the way, uh, if you're listening to this still, thank you. Um, and if you're listening to this and you don't like soccer, well, I'm sorry, but Khalid likes soccer too. So well, this is actually – not. this isn't just because I'm here by myself. It is because we uh, do like soccer at, at this program. And at some point, I do want to discuss – not by myself, but I do want to discuss some of the politics around the World Cup, some of the things that we're seeing there, how people should be protesting against the Qatari laws – banning the sale of alcohol, anti-LGBTQ sort of stuff there, whether FIFA should have put this tournament there in the first place, how corrupt they are. That would actually be a good off-season episode, just the general corruptness of, of FIFA. I'll have, to, I'll have to think about that. All right. Uh, if you're in the chat right now, if you have any other questions, get them in quick or else I'm going to, I'm going to uh, shut this down. I'm just going to make a couple quick predictions here for the upcoming college college football weekend. And really just, just two. Notre Dame is going to beat USC. And Caleb Williams is going to play his worst game as a Trojan. Unfortunately, in a spot where I need him to play his best game in the fa- fantasy finals, but whatever. Notre Dame is going to beat USC. And for the first time since 2000, Michigan is going to go to Ohio State and win a low-scoring, sloppy football game. But Michigan's going to pull it out. By the way, the last time, the last time that Michigan won in Columbus, Blake Corum was not alive. He was born a week later. So, yeah, Notre Dame going to get the win. Michigan going to get the win. Um, Ben, I'm sorry. Penn, Michigan State is not going bowling. They are not going to beat Penn State. Um, but look on the bright side. You always have a Monty Bates. Oh wait, never mind. He plays for Eastern. Um, all right, y'all. Ben is saying to say something about Kanye, so I will um not be doing that. <laughs> Certainly not by myself. I mean, sounds like he's a jerk, but everybody knows that. Um. So I'm going to go ahead and shut this down. If you're listening, uh, 
on the audio feed. Thank you so much. Appreciate all the listeners. It is a YouTube live stream. There's a link in the show notes. You can listen. Uh, listen link. Go to the link. Um, subscribe and get notified of each time we go live. So you can see and watch us in real time. And you can see Cleve in his Blair Witch Project as, as Ben said. All right. Uh, part of the Madias Media Network. Merch available on the website. Other great podcasts on the website. Um, yeah, the Iceman and Coach show uh, that Mandy Ice co-hosts um, is fantastic. They do a great job sort of looking around the world of sports every single week. So I do recommend checking out, checking out that one. And I will see everybody uh, next week. Peace.